Praise God and Praise welcome the to the Light of the Southwest. Yes. We're uh, happy to be your host tonight. This is Jackie and I'm Jim Gaylor. And uh, we're just glad that we can be here to uh, visit with our family, our friends, and the people that are watching. Uh, as usual, we have a great friend with us tonight. And we'll tell you about him in a minute. But I want to talk to you about first and foremost is we're in a fund fundraiser called Onward and Upward. Now, what we need to do is to get some funds where we can continue to operate. You know we've changed our format a little bit, and, and we're trying to regain the old-type uh, old programs we had where we come and give you information, and we're here to minister to you if you need it. Now, our, uh, our uh, fundraising pro uh, is on the screen there. The Raindrop Partner gives uh, anywhere from a dollar to $30 a month. Now, I know that people can afford a dollar. And you start at a dollar, and I, I believe that God will bless you over your dollar till you'll want to be given more. Our second level is Water Bearer. That's $30 a month to $75 a month. The third level is Operations Partner, and you can give $75 to $150 a month, or a Growth Partner, which is 150 or sky's the limit. So you just be uh, willing to help us and to aid us. And I mean join us. We're not asking you to do something that Jackie and I don't do ourselves. Isn't that right? That's right, Jimmy. We, we are wholly believe in this. We believe in this ministry. We sure, sure do. And uh, that's what we're doing here at our old age and trying to visit with you and do whatever uh, God will make us uh, uh, able to do. And... Uh, right. We're going to live out our life serving God and praising Him. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't care what the world does. We're going to live our life with Him on a personal basis. I guarantee you, That's as I got older, I found out that's what you do. Yes, yes <clears throat> for sure. You know, I mean, we've been kind of quarantined now for a couple of years, and so uh, it just draws us closer to the Lord. And when the Lord called us to come out here, we said yes. We will go. We will do just what you've called us to do, Lord. And so we're here to serve the ministry here and the people here that are working for nothing. They're giving everything that they've got to see that this ministry goes forth and touches those that are out there that needs to hear the word and needs to receive the things that we are speaking to you about. So I want you to be sure and stay tuned to that because we have a great program we have someone that's going to inform you with a lot of information that you need to hear, that you need to sit there and hear and listen tonight. And you know, and Jackie, thank you. the day we're living in, yes. uh, we need to know a lot of things on how to face the problems we're facing. Yes. Uh, there's some people that do not know the, uh, our Lord, our God, and we need to, they need to listen, mm -hmm. and we'll sure tell them, how they can turn their life over to Him, mm -hmm. and they can trust in Him to be with them. And so, what do you think? What, what's his name? His name is Avi Lipkin. Uh-oh. <laughs> but you know, when he first came here, his, they, they, we were to call him uh, Victor Mordecai. And so I was so afraid I was going to call him by uh, Avi Lipkin and not in Victor Mordecai because he was uh, kind of wanted in a couple of countries. And, uh, I still so am. He still you is. Still are. <laughs> still, okay. Well, 
We want to introduce you now to Avi Lipkin. Avi, it's so great to have you back hey, and have you on. Great to be back. And thank you. Uh, you can tell them about your Victor Mordecai and your Avi Lipkin. Well, I started out in uh, 1990 uh, when Saddam Hussein was making all the trouble he was making. And my message really was not about uh, Islam, per se. It was about, I was an Israeli army spokesman, right. and I was talking in churches about uh, strategies and tactics and what to do with Saddam Hussein and the Iraqi army and liberate the Iraqis from Saddam Hussein. And uh, it was only later, uh, in 1994, 1995, that I began to put together my first book, which grew into five editions. Right. And it was called, Is Fanatic Islam a Global Threat? And this book was a little bit explosive for 1994, 1995. Right. <laughs> and so I went by the name, by the, my Hebrew name, my pen name, Victor Mordecai. And uh, I have to tell you, I had the chance to go to Poland to visit my, the, my, where my family was in Poland 100 years ago. I found the cemetery where my great-great-grandfather was, and I found another great-grandfather, and his name was Victor Mordecai. Oh, oh so I didn't make the name up. I was named after a great-grandfather. And uh, so anyway, so for 17 years, uh, I went with the name Victor Mordecai, afraid that if I used my real name, I would be hunted down and killed. So that was 17 years. And for the last uh, 15 years, I've been going by Avi <coughs> Lipkin, alias Victor Mordecai. And uh, actually, I think that the Arabs and the Muslims, they, they kind of like me. I'm, I'm a lot of fun for them because it causes a big debate. And, you know, so yeah. and uh, <coughs> well, they haven't gotten me yet. And uh, the only one I'm really scared of being killed is my wife. Oh, I, I'm sure. Yeah, 50 Rachel? years. Yeah, yes. Rachel for 50 years has been threatening me to get my act together. <laughs> yes, well, and, I know uh, how she feels. And God, I think God uh, sent Rachel to me, uh, you know, to keep me straight. And yes. she's been my teacher all these years. And yes, I'm very, yes. very pleased that, uh, that this is what God did for me. And Wonderful I, I would have never written <clears throat> my seven books. And I, I probably wouldn't be alive today because she pumps me all these vitamins and supplements. <laughs> and uh, she takes good she care of me. She's a great lady. Yes, let, let me tell you what book really hit me. <clears throat> I, I guess it just come out, but or we just met you. But you said Christian revival for Israel, for Israel's survival. survival. Right. And I thought, well, what's this? You know, I, people always told me, well, the Jews, <clears throat> the Jews hate us. And I, I said, I don't believe that. I don't, I don't hate any of them. But then when I saw an effort to get us together, like you were making. You understand us Christians. Right. I understand the Jewish people. Right. I love, I love, and I don't question. I learn. You know, I started studying. And uh, I've got books that probably <clears throat> I could use the money instead of what I got in the books. <clears throat> but I've got a lot of books, and I love the Jewish people, and I love the land of Israel, and I have studied and learned a lot about it. And it's through friends like you that have helped me so much to, to be to that point. And this is, what, this is what I want people to know. Our greatest friend, and sometimes our government don't act like it. <clears throat> sometimes they did. But our, our greatest friend in the world is Israel. And we should treat them like that. Uh, but anyway, that's what has drawn me to you. By the way, I will add that uh, after being in over a thousand churches of all denominations, I've come to the conclusions <clears throat> that the Christians are not our best friends. The Christians 
are our only friends. <laughs> right. And so therefore, my approach has always been to bring the Jews and Christians uh, to meet together, right. to be together, to work together. And uh, today what I do see, not only in, in America, but even in Israel, even in Europe, is that there are many, many Christians and many, many Jews who for different reasons go off in what I consider wrong directions and, and don't work in a way in which we work as brothers and sisters. And even in Arabic, the Muslims call us the Jews and the Christians, Ahl al-Kitab, which means we are the people of the book. Yeah. The Jews and the Christians <coughs> are the people of the book, the uh -huh. one people. Isn't that uh -huh. wonderful? And uh, the only difference, according to the Arabs, is the Jews are the Saturday people and the Christians are the Sunday people, but we are one people. And so my life has been dedicated uh, for this, uh, to this 31 years. And as you all know, now I have created, uh, I created three years ago a Judeo-Christian political party to run for the government in Israel, the Knesset. And uh, we are basically the only party in Israel that has Christian believers as candidates for our Knesset, for our government. And uh, there is no other party that does that. There are Muslims in the Knesset. There are Druze people in the Knesset, uh, religious, non-religious Jews. We do not have yet any Christians in the Knesset. So we're working on that. And actually, my fourth <coughs> book, which is about the Bible Block Party, is now going to come out. I'm going to go back to Israel after this trip. Hopefully, I'll make enough money. I think I will. And uh, it'll cost $20,000, you know, to get the book out in Hebrew. And later, we're going to do it in Russian because we have... Uh, I would say 400,000 Russian speakers who need to know about the party, and they don't know English. My book is in English, so it has to come out in Russian. Uh, and then in Hebrew, the Israeli people have to know about it. I think there are a lot of Israelis who want to bring America to Israel. And uh, my party will be the American party in Israel. So I'm, <coughs> I'm hoping we're going to have uh, a lot of people getting the books, joining the party. I also think, I don't know if we're going to talk about it on uh, this specific show, but um, I have information uh, about different groups in America that are armed and dangerous and hate the Jews and have promised a Holocaust here on American soil. Uh, and so I, th I believe we will see the immigration from America to Israel of millions of Jews and their Christian spouses. And that should <coughs> theoretically make my party the biggest yeah. party. In That's the what I wanted to ask you. Yeah. There are a lot of Christians that live in Israel already. Yes. And, and they're not represented. Is what and one of the interesting things about Israel, Israel is a country with about 10 million uh, potential voters. And uh, it's a small country, but we have to campaign in five languages. We have to campaign in Arabic, Hebrew, English, Russian, and Amharic. Amharic is the language of Ethiopia. Because really? we have a lot of 150,000 Ethiopian <coughs> Jews and Christians who moved to Israel. So it's a very big effort to campaign in Israel. I can see. Yeah. <clears throat> but people are very interested in the party. And uh, our party is a God party and a love party. Love the Lord thy God. Love thy fellow as thyself. These are the two main commandments. There are no commandments greater than these two. And um, I'll just say one thing. In every political party, there's backstabbing and horrible things going on. And at least until now, the last three, four years, all the people who have been working with me, whether they're Jewish or Christian or Messianic, uh, it's been a love party. Right. And we all get along, there's no backstabbing, and it's like, it's like one family, really, my I, political party. Was anointed of the Lord. Yeah. Well, I, th I think, uh, as I see it today, and we, we uh, interviewed Bill Cloud here a while back, and he 
his group, he's, he's taken a, a, a group in where he lives, and he said their main feature is to love one another. Right. And I think this is what the church has lost, uh, is love your God, but they forget to tell you you're supposed to love one another. Right. And I, that's what God's been saying to me in the last few years I got older, <clears throat> that we, we need to love one another. And, I mean, I don't think I have to condone what my brother does, but I have to love him because there's a possibility maybe I could sway him uh, for the Lord's side. And, uh, you know, uh, I think that's what our disciples did in the, in the New Testament, I believe. They went out to win people to the Lord. And uh, I think that's what we need to do. By the way, breaking news today, I spoke to my son Aaron uh, on the phone this morning. Uh, and uh, he's chairman of Lipkin Tours, you know, which is our tour company. Uh -huh. And there are many, many Christians who, who came to Israel, want to come to Israel, and there's a problem because the government demands uh, vaccinations for COVID-19. Right. But the breaking news today <coughs> is that people who have been sick with COVID, and of course they didn't die because otherwise it wouldn't matter for them anyway, but uh, the, uh, those who have recovered mm -hmm. uh, and have the antibodies, Mm -hmm. are, are now going to be allowed to come to Israel without vaccination. Praise the Lord. Really? Wow. That, was, that was today. That's good. Yeah. So I That's don't know when good. this show will be aired, but uh, you, this is breaking news for you right. Christians out here in this part of the country. Uh, and uh, hopefully Lipkin Tours will be in the front, you know, forefront getting uh, these people to come to Israel. Up until now, you had to have the vaccination to be able to travel. Well, it wasn't so much to travel, but for example, in Israel, uh, I was campaigning for the Bible Block Party, and, for example, I wanted to go down to Eilat, which is about a four-hour drive from Jerusalem, where I live, right. and speak to a Messianic group there. And, um, I, I mean, they don't even really know me. So they said, well, you should go to a hotel. And I called the hotel and said, without vaccination, no one in Eilat will let you be in their hotel. So I, I, I got the vaccination because I had no choice mm -hmm. if I wanted to campaign for the party. So <clears> I got the, the first vaccination, the second. I got the booster now. And, you know, I put it before the Lord. I said, I've got a life to live. Uh -huh. I have work to do. And uh, if God wants to take me, I'm ready. I'm 72 already, almost 73. And uh, if God wants me here alive working for him, he's going to keep me here alive working right. for him. And very unfortunately, I, I did bury five very dear Christian friends here in America who were against the vaccination, and they got the COVID and they died. Oh, yeah. And I don't know really anyone. I know that there are, but I don't know anyone who got the vaccination and died from the vaccination. I know that there are. Yeah. Every vaccination has a negative response with a certain percentage. But uh, in Israel, we lost 8,000 people from COVID. Had we not had the vaccinations, we would have lost 10, 20, 30,000 people like that. And uh, so the effort of the Israeli government was not only to save people's lives, but to prevent the hospitals from being overwhelmed with patients because mm -hmm. we a number of times came to the brink where we could not take more people in our hospitals. I'm like you, I've lost, uh, especially in the last year, I've lost friends, close friends that died of COVID. Right. And uh, I, know, uh, I know people that said it was not even real. We didn't have any die of COVID, you know. <clears throat> I'm pretty careful about conspiracies because and I've been like you. I see God on, on the vaccination and how to go. Because I'm, I'm really risky. You know, I got COPD and just had this heart 
open heart surgery, and uh, I've got a lot of risk. And I, I noticed today they're they're saying you need a, a fourth shot if you're in a high risk group like me. <laughs> but it's up to God. I'm like you. I'm 83. God, I'm in your hands. They'll be giving you a shot every month, won't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But uh, you know, here I am, God. You yeah. know, you open the door, and I'm gonna. Do whatever you want me to do. And, right. I uh, will say one thing. I don't know if it's uh, because of the shots that I've been taking, but I have an immense uh, uh, re resource of energy that I never had before, and I've been driving around the United States driving and preaching and driving and <laughs> preaching, and, and I, you know, and uh, my wife said to me, I shouldn't say this on TV, but she said, hey, darling, how are you feeling after the shot? And I said, well, I'll tell you. She says, don't go there. <laughs> oh me! Yeah. So, but hey, listen, we've been married 50 years, and mm -hmm. uh, I'm still ornery. My wife makes me ornery. What can I do? So, yeah. <clears throat> you know, I'm always amazed at at Rachel, a little bitty woman, and boy, she knows how to take care of you. Yeah. She 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 waves that finger at you, and you straighten up. She just gives me the look, <laughs> like this, and I know. I'm, I'm finished, so. You got your house finished over there, don't you? Everything finished, and uh, we're very happy, we're very lucky. We've been <clears> in our house 15 years, and um, praise God, you know, everything is going right. I won't be able to go there anymore, but I'd love to. You know, yeah. all the trips I've taken, you mentioned a lot. I've never been there. Yeah. You know, I well, went. A lot is beautiful. Yeah, I went to my the, trips. The whole country is beautiful. <clears throat> yes, yes, it, it is. is. It is. We want to encourage everybody to go. Yes. Yeah. If you haven't been, you need to go. By the way, also another thing, if with your permission, I, I spoke to you about this. My son Aaron, CEO of Lipkin Tours, is starting a webinar this Sunday uh, about uh, archaeological discoveries uh, in Israel, which prove that the Bible is true. Right. Proves the veracity of the Bible. And this webinar is open to people here in Texas. And all you have to do is look up Aaron at Lipkin Tours and be in right. touch with him, and he'll help you to get on. We, uh, a few weeks ago, we had uh, Dr. Collins from the Trinity uh, School in Albuquerque. He's the archaeology doctor, and they're doing a dig over uh, around uh, east of Jericho, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah type dig, and he's very interesting. I, you know, I've always been into loving archaeology, and and I never got to go on a dig, but uh, I love the archaeology and the, what you learn in Israel, especially <clears throat> from archaeology. I'm you know, I have to tell <clears throat> you that um, you know that there are people who are nominally Christian or nominally Jewish, but they're really atheists. Yeah. And <clears throat> they say that the Bible is just a pack of fairy tales and myths, and that uh, actually Moses never existed. And uh, right. uh, Joshua never existed, and Aaron never existed, uh, the high priest. And one of the things my son talks about is the altar uh, on Mount Ebal, which was Joshua's altar. And so we have proven that Joshua exists. So if Joshua existed, and Moses existed, and Aaron, the <laughs> high priest, existed. And uh, even there's a, a story about Phineas, the high priest. You remember the one who skewered the Canaanite, uh, yes. the Midianite woman and the mm -hmm. Israelite prince? And, uh, <clears throat> I mean, he was born in Egypt, and he was in the desert, and then he died, actually, as the high priest in Bethel. So that shows the link between the Israelites who left Egypt and went to Saudi Arabia and Jordan and Iraq and then <clears throat> came across 
the Jordan River into Israel. So Phineas is there. His father, Ithamar, is also buried nearby. So we know all the people are buried. We know all these places. Beth, my son did a DVD and a teaching on Bethel, where Jacob and Abraham were. Uh, we have a teaching about the giant footprints, uh, the size of three uh, football fields, uh, and Shiloh. And, uh, you know, I have to tell you a, a little story. I like to talk about this a lot. Um, that uh, in 1967, when Israel liberated Judea and Samaria, the Israelis started going to different Arab towns that had biblical-type names. And they wanted to know where Shiloh was. Nobody knew where Shiloh was. And uh, they, there's, a, there's an Arab Christian village by name of the Ruins of Shiloh. So uh, the Israelis said, let's check it uh, out. Uh, and so they said to the Christians in Shiloh, where's Shiloh, the biblical Shiloh? And they pointed down in the valley right below, right there. So they brought in the, um, uh, the archaeologists, and uh, they were digging and digging. They found four churches, Greek, Orthodox, Byzantine churches, and they dug down six feet, you know, excavating, mm -hmm. and they got to a mosaic <coughs> which said, may the Lord Jesus have mercy on the people of Shiloh, <laughs> oh. which was oh. from the 7th century. So that, <coughs> that was very, very exciting uh, that from a Christian perspective, there is also proof Right. Of the veracity of the Old Testament of well, the Bible. So David right. Rubin's also another one. We've He's in Shiloh also. We, yeah. yeah, we have uh, interviewed him recently uh, by, by Zoom. But uh, as, you, as you walk and study with the Jewish people and the archaeology, then uh, you become more knowledgeable. And you'll find out sometimes you'll form your own opinions, which is not good. <clears throat> but uh, that's why our, our trips over there, <clears throat> were mostly to do with the spiritual side of Israel. And uh, we went 10 times, and I, I, I loved every trip. I'd love to go again, but I always had a good trip. Amen. Man, everybody was so friendly and nice. And, uh, of course, you, I met you a long time that ago. That was the only lemon. Yeah. <clears throat> we, we hit it off right away. We didn't have any trouble, did we? My, it's my crazy wife. Yeah, you know. she's, your wife is very fishy. <clears throat> <laughs> and, and once I have to tell you, I, I was very depressed, and uh, I was away from my wife and my kids and my family, and just very, very gloomy. And it was just before Sabbath. Yes, you were. <laughs> uh, just before the Sabbath. And, you know, Sabbath is supposed to be happy time, but I was very depressed. And so, you know, Jackie went and to uh, buy me a fish for the Sabbath, and she covered it with a aluminum foil, which is, you know, she said, Avi, come over here. Tell me if this fish is kosher. I said, okay, you know, scales and fins and everything. And she uncovered the fish, pushed the button, and started flopping. Don't worry. Be happy. <laughs> and so that, that broke all of the uh, depression that I had. So, yes, that Jackie is very fishy, that's for sure. That made an impression on you, didn't it? Yes, uh, all to this day. <laughs> we were just learning to do uh, Sabbath ourselves, the Shabbat. And yeah. So, uh, but we were just learning, so but it all well, it all worked. I knew that you were down, <clears throat> and yeah. it was like when uh, I saw that fish. I said, "Oh my, we've got to do this." <laughs> and Avi, uh, I think you took it all over the place, and I think you even took it <clears throat> back to Israel. I guess I did. <laughs> so, <clears throat> then, then my son confiscated it because his kids wanted it. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm excited to hear the things that you're going to share with us about what's going on today. Right. You were. Telling us a little bit of some things. That well, firstly, I, I did want to again reemphasize about the party. Uh, we oh, created okay. the Judeo-Christian Bible Block Party three years ago in 2018, 
and we have already partic participated, contended in four elections, um, and uh, our work was primarily one-on-one -on -one with different Messianic uh, groups. But the Messianics in Israel only like 10,000. <coughs> you need 140,000 votes to get into the Knesset. And so in this, uh, the last two trips to the States, I've been working on raising funds in order to do my book on the Bible Block Party, <coughs> translated from English to Hebrew, and then translated into Russian. Because you need 140,000 votes to get the first four members of Knesset in. 140,000 votes. There are 400,000 Russian speakers, and there are hundreds of thousands of Israelis who I believe if they have the book in Hebrew, they will vote for the party. Um, uh, getting the books translated and having a PR team, which I'm going to have now, uh, will get me onto radio, TV, newspapers, and into uh, cultural evenings uh, where there is debate, and very often it's covered also by the media. And uh, it's all part of the campaign. The campaigning must continue. There are 38 parties today in Israel. We are in r place number 22 out of 38. So some people say, oh, well, that's wonderful. No, it's not wonderful. We've got to get into the top 10 of the 38 to get into the Knesset. And so that's what all our efforts are now. And so if people can help out, that would be great. Definitely pray for us. And then just know that the day will come that Christians will be in the Israeli parliament because the Muslims are there and the Druze, yeah. Druze people are there. They're all good people, and, uh, but the Christians are not because they have never been organized. So I'm organizing them. And then finally, I don't know if we're going to talk about it on this show, but I am very uh, fearful and expectant of a, a situation in America which could cause either civil war uh, or cause some kind of upheavals in this country right. in which the Jews and their Christian spouses and relatives would be targeted by anti-Semites <coughs> and uh, they might want to really pick up and move to Israel. <coughs> and uh, I reported this to the top leadership in Israel and two weeks ago, just before I came to the States, it was announced that the Israeli government has prepared an emergency plan for the evacuation of 500,000 Jews wow. from the United States. <coughs> so it seems like somebody got convinced of what I said. <coughs> yes. But uh, you do have Islamic terrorists who mm -hmm. are, uh, not all Muslims are bad, most Muslims are good. But the, the few that are terrorists are at least 10% and they are they're, uh, armed and ready to go. And then of the militias, you know, to defund the police, a lot of uh, good people in America have joined the militias, but there are some bad people also armed and they want to kill the Jews because they claim the Jews vote Democrat. <coughs> so, uh, and some of the, and many <coughs> Jews did vote Democrat, but that I was going to say that's something that's really bothered me. Yeah. Because a lot of the Jewish people in America vote Democrat. Right. And it really bothers me because I know how my friends in Israel are. They're yeah. more conservative. Right. And uh, because we live in a different reality <coughs> in Israel. Yes. And yes, you know, most Americans don't understand the government in Israel. Right. I didn't, and I'm not sure I still do, but I, I know something a lot how. Right, yes. Well, know. again, uh, I don't know how many of your viewers uh, went to see Fiddler on the Roof, but even though it was a high, you know, it was a Broadway musical and everything, and there were some funny parts of it, but there's some very serious <coughs> parts to it. And indeed, in the 1800s, uh, the Jews were so persecuted by the Russians, by the right. Tsarist Russians, uh, that many of them opted uh, out of the religion and they became communists. Mm -hmm. And just as in Christianity, in the book of Ephesians, it talks about the one new man in Christ, so the communists say the one new man in Marx. 
And uh, many Jewish people blamed God uh, for the persecutions we went through for the last 2,000 years. And a lot of those people then moved to the United States with that same way of thinking. Uh, they, they have not stepped into Protestant churches, and the Protestant churches in America never killed the Jews in yeah. Protestant America. Uh-huh. It was wow. the Russian Orthodox and the Catholics and the Nazis, you know, mm-hmm. who did it. Uh, so um, a lot of my work really is indeed educational work to teach the Jewish people that we have to love the Christians. And, of course, many Christians have to love the Jews. That you already know. Mm-hmm. So we have, to, we have a lot of work. <clears throat> it's, not easy, it's not easy to do these things. You know, I want to tell you one thing that I learned from some study. A, a listener back when we were on before sent me, I had two or three send me some books, especially on uh, the Anusim. And, uh, but a lot of people sent me uh, different books. But one, one fellow sent me a high school Jewish history book. Well, it said that the people who would help Jews come to America, mostly were Dutch. Right. The other countries didn't help them. And so... The Dutch were Protestant. So, so uh, what, what was New York? New York was Dutch at first. It was New Amsterdam. New Amsterdam, right. How come there's so many Jews there? I mean, it kind of makes sense, don't it? If the, if the uh, Dutch helped them come here, that's why there's so many there. Uh, but the, that's what I learned from my history. There were book. many, many uh, Jewish people who came to Providence, Rhode Island, which right. was not Dutch, and Savannah, Georgia, and Charleston, South Carolina. And uh, I'll even say uh, one or two very important points, that um, in the American Revolutionary War, uh, in 1777, uh, uh, General George Washington came to the Jews of Philadelphia and said that, you know, we're bankrupt. The revolution is bankrupt. The British are going to hang you and hang us. Mm-hmm. And we need you Jews to go home and bring all your, you know, as much money as you can. And the Jews went home, brought in $30 million in gold bullion, gave it to George Washington, and actually saved the American Revolution from bankruptcy. Yeah. Christmas, mm-hmm. 1777, Valley Forge, the Jews, 500 Jewish soldiers stood bivouac while the Christians prayed the Christian services of, you know, for Christmas. Uh, in the Civil War, and this will be very remarkable, I think, for many Americans who are l- watching this program now, there were so many Jews in the Confederate Army that when they came to Jefferson Davis and said, we want to go home for the holidays, you know, the Jewish holidays, yeah. he said, God forbid, if you Jews go home, the Confederate Army collapses. Wow. And uh, listen, slavery is a horrible thing. <clears throat> Uh, but in those days, it was the norm. There, there was Jews on both sides. And there were read. Jews on both sides. Yes. And, there were, and there were Jewish plantations. in both sides. There were Jewish plantation owners mm-hmm. in the South, and they brought in their people right. as soldiers in the Confederate Army, and they paid for the uniforms, and they paid for everything. The Jews in the South were very, very loyal uh, to the states in which they lived, just as the Jews in the North were very loyal to right. the Union Army. And President Lincoln actually created the Jewish chaplaincy in the uh, American Civil War, you know, in the North. And, uh, but the Jews have been here in America from day one. So, you know, I go to churches, yeah. and I say to people in the churches, where are those <coughs> Jews today who were here 400, 500 years? Nobody knows. I said, you are those Jews. Yeah. <laughs> because um, Christians were so loving of the Jews that Jews just intermarried with them because we have the same God, the same Bible, Messiah is a Jew. Uh, the people today in America who vote Democrat 
are people who were not here 500 or 400 or 300 years. Yeah. These are the Jews who came from the persecution of 1,900 years in Europe, mm -hmm. in Russia, Poland, uh, Germany, uh, Catholic countries. Uh, and so they come here and they think that you guys who are Protestant are the same as the guys in Europe who killed us. Yeah. But no Jew has ever been killed in America for being a Jew. And mm -hmm. I think that's one of the reasons why America is <coughs> world power number one, because God blessed those who blessed the Jews. Yeah. Well, the, the famous uh, Jewish man that helped George Washington, Haim Solomon, right. and his wife died a pauper because yeah. they gave all their money. Everything they had. Yeah. yeah. He died a pauper. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because they had helped George Washington in the revolution. They were big sums of money, all they had, I guess. And, uh, you know, when you study the history, uh, it's all right just to go and love one another, but it's nice to know who you're loving, you know? Yeah. And uh, that, that just means a lot to me. I've, I've read uh, secular books and on tradition, and I love it. I just can't help it. I, I love the Israel, and I love the Jew. I wanted to add also something very important. 200 years ago, there was a German philosopher, Heinrich Heine, and he said the world is going to have to choose between the foolishness of the Americans and the uh, despotism and tyranny of the Russians. Okay, this is before communism. Yeah. This is during the czars in Russia. And already then, there was a certain type of behavior of the Russians, and there was a certain type of behavior of the Americans. So the Americans, because the Americans were sweet and kind, were considered foolish. Yeah. And the Russians, who were tyrannical, were considered wise. Okay, yeah. because that was the spirit of those times. <clears throat> um, we look today at uh, China, for example, and uh, China has done actually remarkable things for the people of China. Uh, the Chinese communists uh, listen really to what the people want uh, economically, and China basically has become the greatest capitalist country in the world, but the political system still remains tyrannical and despotic. And uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about on this show was that I'm very afraid that the mentality of the Chinese Communist leadership today is very parallel, very similar to the despotic mentality of the Japanese in the 1930s and 40s, who thought, what did they think about America? That America was stupid and lazy and foolish. And when they said they wanted to attack Pearl Harbor, and Yamamoto, Admiral Yamamoto said, don't attack America, that's a big mistake. And the high command in uh, Tokyo went on and attacked at Pearl Harbor. And then Yamamoto said, uh, we have awakened the sleeping giant. And I think, and I'm very fearful that the Chinese today, Chinese government, uh, thinks that uh, America is stupid and lazy. And uh, remember in high school, there used to be this little piece of paper and people would stick it on the back of another student. It would say, yeah. kick, kick me. <laughs> right, yeah. And so I think pr the president, president gives the impression to the Chinese, come and kick me. Yeah. And, uh, but I will say that uh, the Chinese would be making a very terrible mistake by uh, carrying out an attack thinking that America would not do anything. Because I think that regardless of whoever the president is or whatever political party is in power, I think you do have a in military-industrial complex uh, that has such weaponries that defies the imagination. And there are people with very itchy trigger fingers on our side here. Yeah. And uh, the reason they, they will use these weapons against China is because the real threat of China, I think, is economic. And the Chinese have become so economically powerful 
And if they decide that they want to test the waters and attack America and attack <coughs> Japan and attack Taiwan, attack South Korea, attack Australia, attack Indonesia, attack the Philippines, attack Vietnam, uh, all these countries today are allied against uh, communist China. Uh, so I think that uh, China would be making a terrible mistake. And I pray to God that they don't start World War III. <coughs> Mm -hmm. And this is something I really was on my heart to say it on this show with you guys. Um, I think personally that Russia will not join the Chinese. That in the end, they will remain neutral. Because Russia um, has a GDP like Italy. And they only have the same population, 140 million people. Uh, I, the Chinese have one and a half billion. But mm -hmm. I think the Chinese, are, uh, the Russians are not going to sacrifice themselves to fight for the Chinese right. against America. I think the Russians will be neutral mm -hmm. and pull back. But I think Iran will be facing also great challenges. Mm -hmm. uh, as you probably know in the news, uh, they said that uh, there was a cyber attack. We don't know who did it, but uh, you know that all the oil, uh, gasoline stations have been shut down in Iran. The banks have been shut down in Iran because of cyber attacks. So I, I think the Iranians are still working on that now, but they're trying to get the Iranian people to rise up and say, we don't need this stuff. We've got to get rid of this crazy Ayatollah regime, which is backed by Russia and China. Yeah. So I do see three nations uh, as a threat to the West, uh, Iran, China, and Russia. I think Russia, like I said before, will be neutral. But uh, mm -hmm. the United States, I think, is now in the calm <clears throat> before the storm. Mm -hmm. And that's also one of the reasons why American people have to get their act together before the Lord. Um, uh, another very important thing I wanted to say when I was talking about Heinrich Heine, I want to talk about another guy who, who lived 200 years ago. His name was Alexis de Tocqueville. And he came to America in 1820 to see what was this new America about, you know, the new American democracy. And he lived in the Appalachians, and he went to all these frontier areas in the Appalachians. And uh, he said, uh, in 1840, he wrote a book called Democracy in America. And this book, Democracy in America, was actually part of the syllabus when I was a high school senior really? in New York in 1966. Oh. But for, I think for reasons of political correctness, they took it out. Because what he said was, America will be the greatest country on earth because the American people are a good people and their pulpits are on fire for the Lord. Amen. Conversely, when America's pulpits are no longer on fire for the Lord, America will lose its preeminence in the world. So what I wanted to conclude in, the, in this whole thing, I was talking about Heinrich Heine, that we have to choose between the foolishness of the Americans and the despotism and tyranny of the Russians, and also that America is a good country and its pulpits are on fire for the Lord. So uh, one of the things I always hear in the churches is the lectures about uh, that God's foolishness is greater than the wisdom of man. Yeah. And, yeah. and I said, you know what, that makes <coughs> sense. Yeah. Because America has made so many mistakes in the last hundred years. But America's like a cat. If you take a cat, throw it in the air, what does it do? It lands on its feet. And America always lands on its feet because America is foolish, but it's foolish in the Lord. <coughs> Amen. Mm -hmm. Now, if you take the Lord out of the equation, which is what a lot of the politicians in this country want to do, yes. Yes. then you're yes. no longer foolish in the Lord. You're just foolish. Mm -hmm. That's right. And then America loses it. <coughs> you know... Uh, God has certain rules and laws you have to live by. When we get a president who plays by the book and holds you to the fire to keep the law, and then you turn around and get one who's about half goofy, and 
you're going to go to him because he gives you more. You know, the guy that's doing it right is making things straight for you and doing it uh, in a wisdom, wisdom way. But you like that guy that lets you get by the bunch of stuff, you know, turns his back, is, agrees with you, or opens the door. You know, it's just natural with people, especially if, if you're on the take anyway, you know. So this is what I see today. Our threat is, is uh, our government is giving too much away, and it requires most of us who try to live by the book to foot the bill. And it bothers me, but I know by reading the Word that uh, it's coming to a, a wind down. You know, I don't know how, I want God to surprise me because I don't know how he's going to do it, and I'm not going to tell anybody because he's got his own way, and you just get ready for it, right? And I think that's what you're doing. I believe you're out uh, telling the world to get, need to get ready. Need Listen. to get ready? Well, you know, you warned us about the uh, Oklahoma uh, bombing, and you also knew about the uh, World Trade Center. World Trade Center. Yeah, yeah. You know, before it even happened. Yeah. You know, you knew things were not right, and so. Well, see, one of the problems that I see in this country is, is that the media, the agenda, really doesn't want Americans to think too much. <clears throat> right. right. Uh, the job of the people in America is to work. It's like chickens in a chicken coop. You just eat your feed, make your eggs, and that's all you're supposed to know. But, uh, and you watch the news, and the news is just a lot of fluff. Yeah. And, uh, and it's very sad that it's that way. So actually, for me, it's good because I make my living telling the truth about what's happening in the world and giving my interpretation. And if people want it, fine. If not, uh, they can disagree also. But at least I don't teach fluff. I teach mm -hmm. what I understand is really happening. Right. Um, Something also very important I wanted to add also, because I'm sharing with my, what my messages have been in the churches the last few, uh, uh, two weeks. Um, America was really the first major democracy. I had a big fight with people in Switzerland who said, no, Switzerland was a democracy from 1258 or something, <coughs> which could be true. But uh, the American democracy spread uh, to many countries in the world. Today, I think it's fair to say that the uh, European Union is democratic. They might pass laws we don't like, or they may be a little on the socialist side sometimes. Um, interestingly, Eastern European countries, which were a part of the communist bloc, today are extremely Christian, extremely conservative, and they're democratic. Uh, I grew up, uh, my parents were Argentine, and our culture was Argentina here in America. We lived in America, but the culture was Argentine. And Latin America was military dictators for decades. Today, Latin America is democratic. You have countries like Bolivia or Ecuador or Peru, which have a tendency you know, to be off to the left. Uh, Venezuela and Cuba, of course, are communist. But wherever you have democracy, you have a much happier people. Africa, uh, many nations in Africa are now becoming really democratic. Uh, a lot of the African nations uh, have high tech now, and you know, of course, the oil, uh, uh, the, the wealth of the land, the people are beginning to enjoy it. They're getting better education. Uh, so I think, I think it's fair to say most African nations today are democratic. The only places where you don't find democracy are communist and Islamic countries. Right. And those are the people <coughs> today who are really against America, uh, maybe not necessarily by war. You know, 
the Sunnis, for example, are against America because they're against Christianity. But uh, something also I wanted to say that uh, I, I'm shooting out a lot of stuff, and you, know, you can shoot it down if you want. But uh, one of the reasons I think that uh, President uh, Biden pulled out from uh, Afghanistan in such a disgraceful, prompt manner was because uh, who, are, who was backing the Taliban? Who backs the Taliban? The Saudis. Yeah. And the Saudis are very important for the American economy. And Qatar also, you know, are big supporters of the Taliban. And I think that as the United States uh, uh, approaches a situation with China, which could lead to a war, uh, the Chinese are persecuting their Sunni Muslims in the West very greatly. And by pulling out of uh, Afghanistan, this buys, I think it buys, goodwill for America amongst the Sunnis. The enemy of the Sunnis are the Shiites. The Shiites are with China and Russia. So you see the, word, the world dividing where the West backs the Sunnis, which doesn't make me extremely <clears throat> happy. But actually, even Israel made peace agreements with six Sunni countries. But the Shiites, backed by Iran, you know, are backed by Russia and China, and they're the troublemakers now. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that all develops. Oh, I tell you. <clears throat> Every day is a, a new adventure, isn't it? Yeah. I, <clears throat> I try not to pay a lot of attention uh, to what I hear on the news, uh, but uh, like you say, it's a lot of fluff. And if you're, impers if you're impressionable, uh, it'll put you in a bad mood. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. I'm not that way. I don't, I don't take it that way. God's in control. Just go ahead and spout off if you want to. Yeah. My God's got it all in control, and that's, what I'm, that's where my trust is. My trust is in the Lord. And, uh, you know, but I, I appreciate the fact that you're trying to educate people. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what we're supposed to do. We're trying to get people on the right path before it's too late. Mm -hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I read today how uh, North Korea has told the people, to eat less because they have a food shortage, so eat less, you know. How would you like them to come out and tell us, well, I know you're starving, but could you eat less? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I don't understand some of the, the things that are required in these, these other nations, and I know it's important that you uh, are kind of hypocritical. You have to try to work both sides, you know, like both sides of the fence, you know. Well, uh, uh, Bill Clinton used to have a sign over the Oval Office desk which said, uh, uh, it's economy stupid. Meaning, you know, yeah. you got, it's all about money. It's all yeah. about the economy. Yeah. And, uh, of course, my answer to that is not what he says. I say the opposite, which is Deuteronomy 8, where God says in Deuteronomy 8, you know, that the children of Israel will enter into the land of Israel, and one day they're going to have so much wealth and so many flocks and so much money and so much food and everything. And then they're going to harden their hearts against God and say, I did it by the power of my own hand. Yeah. And then God says, no, I, the Lord, who gave you the ability to attain this wealth. Exactly. So it's, it's, but, but the point is the leaders in this country, the leaders in Europe, and the leaders in many countries, uh, look, at all, look at it all as if it's just a question of money, uh, ec economics, and you can tell all the lies you want as long as the economy continues to go on a good course. Right. And uh, my approach is the economy will go on a good course because people are hardworking and there are vested interests, but the wealth always comes from God. Exactly. And God can destroy this earth with an asteroid, 
uh, or with a sickness or whatever. And all these things are talked about in the Bible at the end of days, the bad things that could happen. Or volcanoes. Oh, yeah. And uh, earthquakes. 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 Well, all these things. <laughs> in all diverse places. Yeah. yeah. So all I can say is that, yes, we do have to work hard. Yes, we do have to be politically aware of all the different factors. But in the end, it's only God who controls all these things. Right. He does. Would, would you say Odessa, Midland, uh, is diverse places? Because that's what the Bible says, that there'll be earthquakes in diverse places. <laughs> we've, we've had, you, had, you had an earthquake. We had a, three? We had three in the last day. Uh, in uh, yeah. 24 hours, they were uh, three and a, up to 3.6, I think, was a heavy. But uh, we thought somebody would run into our house. We, of course, I can't run outside without oxygen, but Jackie was running around thinking our chimney fell over. Uh, our carport fell down or something. I, I heard something in Oklahoma a few years ago that, you know, all those uh, uh, oil wells, you know, when they're putting in salt water yeah. to get the oil out, that, um, that that is a cause of the earthquakes also because the water goes down and deep down in the earth it's hot and so that causes bubbling, you know, a boiling of the water and then the land starts to quake. Our railroad commission is investigating that right now. Yeah. <laughs> exactly so, what you're talking so about. So it could be, indeed, wherever there's a lot of oil drilling. Right. And, right. Uh, but I was talking to Jackie coming out here. I don't know of anybody that's uh, wanting a job that can't work. This, right. I think the economy in this area is good. Now, I hear different things in the news, but I really believe that this area is a, a very good uh, uh, place for the economy. Um, and we cited some things that, like work around the house, that cost twice what it did last year. You know, like getting somebody to do your yard work, your, some of your housework. And uh, well, I had a flat, and I had to call a tire store to come. And I can't even lift the car; I can't jack it up. I'm basically helpless, but I'm gonna do what I can do to, as long as I can do it. God wants me to. Amen. I'm stubborn, you know, <laughs> and I know you are too. Very. Um, are you going to be anywhere in speaking in this area? Or? Well, actually, I'm hoping that uh, I will get calls. Uh, you know, there are one or two places here that are regular. Uh -huh. But I was there two months ago, so that's two, I need yeah. new places now uh, to speak. So I don't <laughs> know if, the, if this program will be aired before I leave. But uh, uh, So I'll be here with tonight with you guys, yeah. and then, uh, we'll see uh, if and when I get invited back. and. It's only a few hour drive from Dallas, which is my base. Is that your base now? Yeah. In Dallas? Dallas. Well, great. <clears throat> we sure enjoyed the last time you guys were here, and um, we didn't get that time to spend together like we always do, but uh, we love Rachel, and we always love you to come in any time that our door's always open to you. You know it's always been that so way. So tonight you'll suffer. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what kind of trick she's. She may have some kind of a... a robot or something <laughs> not a fish uh, not, not a fish, fish. <laughs> <laughs> well you know um, I asked where, where can they get your books okay <clears throat> well I'm hoping that uh, people watching this show will bombard uh, God's learning channel with telephone calls and uh, order the books because I have the books here ready uh, to leave them and after you guys sell them you know then you can pay me if you want but um, the my problem is, you know, I'm on a lot of blacklists, 
and Amazon took me off, and PayPal took me off, and I said, you know what, I give up with all these uh, <coughs> systems of uh, selling and uh, right. And um, so I just let Christian Ministries make money selling the books, which is fine with me. Well, it's it's good information, and I have yes. people uh, very frequently asking questions about um, terrorism, Islam. Uh, a lot of people don't know what, what's what, or they've never been schooled and never uh, asked questions. Uh, some, some of us have just lived our life and, you know, go to work and come home and, and uh, put food on the table. And, I mean, uh, I grew up working. I, I grew up knew I had to work, and I've been blessed for it, you know. God has blessed me. And my knowledge of Him since I was a teenager I'm not saying I've always done what I knew he wanted me to do. I've been a real failure, and I think about that a lot. I wake up in the quiet morning, and, and I'm just thanking God that he loved me so much. He never turned loose of me. I know I disappointed him, and I feel so sad. I mean, it really breaks my heart. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I know not, probably none of us. None of us get through that, do they? None of us are perfect. We all make mistakes. The good thing about it is the Lord forgives us and we can just rise up and we can keep going. Yeah, just just, uh, don't make the same mistakes again. Just, you know, learn from it and go on. Yes, and and quit looking at the back. Yeah. You know, he's forgiven us and he doesn't even remember. We bring it up to him every day, you know, what, what happened in the past and he forgives us. I have to tell you, uh, I'm very known as a very right-wing uh, person in America and also in Israel. Yeah. And I think you know the story that when I was working for the prime minister, uh, I was fired by the administration, which is socialist. And they said, we know your political views. And uh, basically, they shut all the doors in my face in Israel. And a Christian lady here said, you all come to Texas. And uh, Nancy, and that's how I started coming to Texas 31 years ago. And to this day, to this day, I have not been able to get work in Israel, so I have to come to the Christians and drive <laughs> all around the United States and Canada to preach the message that I preach in order to make a living <clears throat> and support my family. And I'm 72, almost 73, and I've got to continue working like I'm 18. Well, see, and but it's a blessing. Yes, it is. This is what God wanted you to do, Dude. right? Yeah. He had to he had to cause some things to happen for you want for you to do his will and I know how important it has been uh for you to come here. Right. I mean, yes. what, twenty years ago we we were we were on here regular and we met people like Moshe Lesham, uh who's a very uh patriotic uh, Israeli, uh and became friends like you, uh um and uh uh Moshe Kempinski and We've just got a lot of friends in Israel <clears throat> that agree with us and we agree with and we've worked together and prayed for all along. And somehow somebody had to break the ice. You know that? Our, and for me, is a man named Joe Good. He's a, he was an ex-Baptist and he got, the, he got Israel in his heart and in his, well, he's got a, a Yehuda Nefesh, you know, and he has taught us more about Israel and loving the Jew. And then that's where it started. Rabbi Richmond's been in our house, a very orthodox rabbi with the Temple Institute. 
Uh, the temple jewels have been on our table. I mean, that doesn't happen to ordinary people like us, but you're, maybe you're not ordinary. We're, <laughs> well, <coughs> we're we almost, feel like it. We're almost out of time, and I know there's some things you want to get off your heart, but we've got a couple of minutes, and uh, we're going to have to close down for this session. All I want to say, which is what I say it, it, on every show that we do and when I speak in the churches, is that Americans, Jew, Christian, whatever, uh, have to get their act together before the Lord. Uh, we have to be ready, prepare ourselves for difficult times, which I think are coming. Yes. Uh, and we also have to think about getting Jews and their Christian spouses back to Israel. And uh, for my part, uh, the Judeo-Christian uh, Bible Block Party will be the party of these 10 million immigrants going back to Israel. Uh, I think that we will be the generation that receives the Messiah on the Mount of Olives. Praise the Lord. And mm. the Messiah is coming or returning for the Jews and the Christians together. Yes. This mm -hmm. is my yes. faith. Uh, because if the Messiah is only coming for one little group, then it's not the Messiah of the world, which means it's not That's the Messiah. Right. And so we are in the Messianic time. Yeah. Uh, we are in a very prophetic time. And like I said before, because America is foolish in the Lord, America will always be world power number one. Nobody can replace America as world power number one. But that does not mean that it's going to be easy. Right. And so Americans really have to come back <clears throat> to their roots, uh, come back to God. Um, I think America will come out on top uh, in the very near future when if things go down. But uh, people should be ready, have their house in order, have their finances in order, and be ready for what's about to happen. Well, you'll be back soon, I'm sure. God willing. I would, you know, I would love to. And, yes. of course, we're always, whatever you need, you're, we're always here to help you. And Thank yes. you. Um, it sounds fishy to me. Yeah, it does sound fishy. <laughs> <laughs> we may have fish tonight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We may have a few fish out there in the pool. You could catch one yeah. for us tonight. They may be kosher. Yeah. <laughs> well, honey, it's about time for you to yes. say goodnight and thank the well, people it's been for a watching. Program. Yeah. Remember, and I hope you've learned a lot. Yeah. Remember, join us and yes. and with the program, yes. uh, financing the program. Yes. Right? Amen. Tell them goodnight. Come join us. Well, Jimmy and I love you very much, and Jesus loves you even more. And he's coming back soon, so you get ready. Thanks, Avi. Good night. Thank you. God bless America. <coughs> <laughs>